Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. Welcome back. Episode 24, A Few Good Physios. Today we are joined by Garnett Struther, a fitness professional here in New York City and a martial artist. And he, again, goes in line with... Uh, exposing the quality care, quality uh, fitness instruction here in New York City. So we wanted to bring him on and have him talk about martial arts, fitness, and his story. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, welcome. Good you. Good welcome, yeah. welcome. <laughs> I guess we could start with how, how we know one another. Mm. And um, Garnett and I are training buddies over at Henzo's. Oh, yeah. Good old Henzo Gracie Academy of Fine Arts. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, it's been quite a journey for myself. You know, more, relatively new to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but it's been a great journey. And this is one of the benefits of meeting like like-minded individuals like yourself. Oh yeah, and um, kind of growing together. So welcome. Yeah, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you. It's been a real pleasure knowing you at Henzo's. Thank you. Sir. By the way, I mean, like one of the. One of the faces I'm like, oh, I hope I run into this guy today because I like really need some positive energy today. You thank know what you, I'm saying? thank you, brother. It's likewise, man. Yeah. It's um, yes, it's been a great experience. That's great. That's great. I love it there. It's so zen. Uh, you can conquer the day after you just you know conquered someone trying to choke you. Exactly. Right? <laughs> we, we we have this conversation where it's like I usually say, okay. The toughest part of my day should be over. I hope. Right. <laughs> I hope. Right. But um, everything else kind of is, is kind of cake right after. Yeah, it's like Fight Club. It's like everything yeah, else it's... gets the volume turned down. It really you know? does. It everything really... else is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. And even when there's a when I take a hiatus, a, you know, the weekend, I, I usually don't train on the weekend. But if there's a two or three day span, there's definitely an edginess that is mm-hmm. quickly released after that. It's like a reset. I would right. call it a neurological reset. After right. I train. I'm ready for the world. Right. Um, right. How did you find yourself to at Henzo's? How did you how did you get there? Well, I was kicked out of every other gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a I'm kind of a vagabond uh in that sense. Like, well, not really. I mean, I'm a martial artist and I value my personal journey into martial arts over uh, let's say uh the loyalty, the blind loyalty to a an ideal. Mm. Mm. Very true. Right? So I need to progress as a martial artist and as a person first before I can serve someone else's ideal. Because we don't have, you know, not everyone, no one has the same perspective on reality. Mm. Right? We all share different versions of like what influences us to get into martial arts and what, you know, uh, influences us as people. So... Uh, I, I kind of found myself, you know, blindly following some people early on in my martial arts career who are amazing martial artists. 
They were incredibly influential, groundbreaking, caring people. But at a certain point, their objectives didn't align with mine. Hmm. You know, and I was just serving to serve. And I realized that, like, okay, well, this is, I got into this for this specific reason. And now this person is no longer, you know, fulfilling that need. Fulfilling that hmm. need. And they know that, but they don't really. It's not really an obligation because you're making them look good or you're making them, you know, you're inspiring people around you to do better in their camp. So it's like, okay, well, you know, mm. stick around for a little bit and we'll see what happens. So I realized that loyalty, it, it comes from actions, you know. Mm. It comes from how you treat people, you know. I have many br martial arts brothers and sisters from every gym I've ever been to. Very cool. You know. I see. I go to the fights and it's like, yo, what's up, man? Like, I love mm. seeing those people. I love seeing my Muay Thai brothers and sisters. I love seeing my karate and Japanese jiu-jitsu uh, homies, you know? It's it's great. Or whatever. Whatever we did, you know? And um, we, it's like we never left. And we're like friends for life. You know what right. I mean? That's the beautiful thing about martial arts. However, uh, when I have friends that are trapped under the ideology of the guy who owns the gym mm -hmm. and they'll never leave because they'll feel lost because then they got to think for themselves, right? Mm. Then you got to start like, okay, mm. how do I develop my skills on my own? And that's really the story of like my whole life. I had to develop the skills that I had on my own. Um, my last two fights, I didn't ha have a coach or a gym or anything. So wow, it was like, yeah. it was an eye-opening experience to me. Like I knew I had to do this thing on my own to, you know, validate my self-worth at the time. Right. What fights were those? Are they kickboxing or MMA or? They were kickboxing in a cage. So gotcha. you think it wouldn't matter, right? Like, you know, because the rules are the same, right? It's, it's like glory rules, whatever. But the cage not only psychologically changes things, but mm. the way that you fight, uh, is, a, is, a, is a, a lot of studies on this, on like how, how big the cage is, oh, determines sure. how, uh, how often people get knocked out. Mm-hmm determines uh the whole psychology of what the fights that take place in there. So yeah. it's a it's a whole the geography plays a big part. Oh, of course. Into the knockout ratio, into the submission ratio, right? So right. the UFC cage for example is really big, so there's not a lot of there's not tons of knockouts. Right. I think King of the Cage or or uh, uh Cage Warriors small smaller cage, uh, no more knockouts. To, no hmm. way to run. No way to run. That's why McGregor <laughs> was so dominant. Right. You know, he understands the geography, the terrain, the psychology of what's going on. And, uh, you know, it didn't help him in that last fight. No. He got pulled into uncomfortable territory. Yeah. He, he did. I feel like we didn't see the best McGregor, though. But we can talk about that later. No, <laughs> no, no. We no, didn't, no. We didn't see you. the best. He's like chugging whiskey. What are you doing, bro? Yeah, <laughs> You're no, a martial man. artist. No, man. That's not yeah. the signal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it didn't work out. It didn't mm -hmm. work out. He thought he was like, he's getting pummeled. and he heard that it's, it's just business. That <laughs> shit broke my heart to hear that shit, yeah, bro. I man. was like... No, that's your pride. That's everything, man. Mm -hmm. It's just business. Nah, man. You was in this. Remember when you was in this to like to win it, dog? You was in this to prove something to yourself. He didn't give a fuck about money. He was flashing and all that shit, but he gave a shit about being the most dominant person in the sport. Right. And I don't like, man. McGregor's mindset was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Right. He used to get on sponsorship. He sponsored the UFC. He's part of sponsors. Of, uh, yeah. The twelve. The twelve whiskey was part of. His, his mindset was gone. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, 
when it comes to serving as a martial artist, I'm about the individual. Right. Okay. I'm about giving to the people that are around me and being a good partner and a good training partner for them based on on them. What have you know, uh Henzo's really good really big on having the conversation with your training partner right. at a certain level, you know? And to, to look further and deeper into that perspective of being a martial artist, what does that mean? Right? For me, <laughs> that means I have to provide the most realistic unpredictable experience for them uh as my as a training partner do a good job of it bro (laughs) 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 unpredictable no 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 it's good stuff no that's i I don't even i never even think on that level but Mm. so henzo's being the difference i guess you have seen is henzo embracing that conversation Mm -hmm. real real time right you know and adjusting to that correct it's really uh you know that's why these guys like that's what this, that's what the term work comes into play, right? You gotta get good work in. Good work means that there's parts of your brain that is being stimulated that has never really been stimulated during a combat scenario, mm-hmm. and uh, especially like uh, Joe Saint Pierre's class upstairs, where it's it's an incubation chamber to develop that skill set. Hmm. It's yeah. like okay, um, you know they have very sound. Uh, technique and have very specific ways of handling v- very specific situations, right. uh, which I am a fan of. But I'm also like, well, where's the art? You know, like there's a part of me that's like, where do I get a chance to express myself and just mm. relax and just come up with something that's new? Mm. You know, come up with something that I've, I've concepts that I've never thought of before. I want to make him think this and come here, and then you know. Because I have an extensive martial arts background, besides Muay Thai and kickboxing, like I, I've been doing kung fu, black belt in karate, and, and Japanese jiu-jitsu. So I want to be able to use those things and then learn new things at the same time, and really discover the cause of my ignorance as to why I haven't been able to grasp certain concepts. So I'm constantly learning as well. But the 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 format where you're a good training partner, that's key. Gotcha. That's key. So Joe St. Pierre has a great uh, um, camp and a great, great group of guys in that in that sense because they're very, very, very sharp. They just won a whole bunch of belts this weekend. Saw that in oh, Iowa. Crazy. You saw that? Yeah, yeah. All, all yeah man. He's a great. He must be amazing in the corner. I mean, is, I can only yeah. imagine. You know, he's very specific. Where you see most guys, most corners. I, I watch the corners of each fight, and most of the guys, you know, they just kind of like. You gotta get in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> the rocking. You know, it's like just yelling at him. Like, listen, this is like it's not a matter of will. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. this is this is strategy. This is war. Right. Right. He oh. he's incredible. I was upstairs for about three years before I went to jujitsu, and I trained with them, and um, I was able to do some sparring with them as well. And mm-hmm. I've never been exposed to Muay Thai to that extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I came from a traditional martial arts background mm-hmm. as well, karate, taekwondo, mm-hmm. um, and it was. It, I was fascinated because it was so much strategy to the way he taught. He talked specific right. combinations, mm-hmm. really specific defensive techniques, specific movements with your legs. I mm-hmm. mean, 
And then from what I've watched, when I go watch them do the fights, he does very, what he seems, I, I can't hear what they're saying, but he seems to be like, are right, you just going to get that one thing right. in the next round? And right. uh, his whole crew is awesome. Jamie, PJ, mm-hmm. Elijah, yeah. Elijah, yeah. oh my God. I just really the nicest cool. guy on the planet. Yeah, the and one of the deadliest uh, Muay Thai guys I've ever seen. Yeah, he smokes. He's I mean, awesome. like I remember when he was fighting at one sixty five. I was like, how the fuck are you getting down to one sixty five? Oh my god, this dude's yeah. my size. He's tall, dude. I, I yeah. know him from the fitness industry. Do you um, really? He trained. Yeah, he used to train at Velocity. I always used to run into him oh, at Velocity, me and um, I never knew until I went to Henzo's. I was like, oh shit, oh, I guess he takes class. And he, <laughs> no, like, he doesn't take class. He's a he's a top rank, you know, kickboxer. Yeah. Like, oh, but again, his his interaction, pure positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't want. Awesome. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's the thing awesome. about martial artists is they. We we've had this discussion. Yes, Henzo's, you know, locker room is probably one of the most dangerous places in the city. I would say. <laughs> Yet it's the most uh, relaxed, court, relaxed yeah. courteous, mm. respectful, something that here in New York mm. we could probably use a little of across the board. Yeah. But, you know, the stereotype would be fighter, angry, aggressive. Mm. And the mm. truth of the matter is, is that it's the complete opposite. It and, is. Uh, just because of the humility in the room mm-hmm. and the understanding that I know what I know, but I don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. And irregardless... Right. Doesn't make a difference. I'm I'm cool with myself, and so are you. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's it's something that the world needs more of. I think. <laughs> yeah, if we all had guns. It'd be a lot more respectful. Exactly. Pardon me, sir. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you had a bad day. Right, 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 right. But uh, I apologize. Listen, <laughs> I have keep it moving. I have I have um, relatives. My my sister in law moved into uh, Houston, mm. and there's open carry there, and I spent some time in Houston. And yeah, yeah, people are a lot nicer because, you know, mm. the guy has a shotgun, you know, just, right. it, mm-hmm. you know, I have something, you have something. We don't want to use that. Right. Let's just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But um, but your entrance into Henzo. So, yeah, you, you sought out, well, Henzo's kind of fell into you because of this kind of, this group, this. Uh, well, it was nowhere else for me to go. Like, wow. <laughs> I had nowhere else to go that I wanted to train with the best people in the city. Wow. Period. I wanted to fight the best guys in the city. Eventually, I will move my way into the MMA situation downstairs when I get my grappling and wrestling together. That's the goal. Hmm. You know, I've okay. always wanted to be. I always wanted to fight. Be like, okay, Garnet. You know, we, we feel comfortable enough with you sparring with GSP today. Wow. You know, that's that'll <laughs> be the nice. Too. That'll be like that's like the goal. Like I'm fucking doing it. Like yeah. you know what well, I mean. Well, you're in the room already. I'm in the room. That's all you're you in the do. room. That is crazy. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. That's what I want to be. Very cool. That's what I want to do. So I, that's why I'm at uh, Henzo's. And the you know the culture there is unlike anything else. You know, it it just breeds true martial arts attitude. Mm. You know, it just breeds that like there's no ego. Sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail. <laughs> you know, sometimes you know. Sometimes you're getting smoked. Sometimes you're smoking other people. But you're never, you're never like putting too much of that in your, you know, as your self worth. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. None yes. of that shit matters really. It's about who's more present that day, as more than anything else. If you're the guy that's more in in tune with what's happening now. Then you are probably the most fortuitous, like with yes. Khabib and 
Connor. Yes. Connor looked like he had mad shit going on in his head, bro. <laughs> he came out, his mom and dad weren't there. Did you notice that? No, no, I didn't, oh, I didn't notice that. Mom and dad were not there. That's not Some, They might be beefing at home. I don't know what's going on, but usually mom and dad is like, dad's doing the walk too, coming out. <laughs> right? But, man, it was rough. His, 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 his wife's pregnant again. Mm, thinking of the second child. She was not looking happy. No. Usually D is all smiles. Look at that. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe her feet hurt this time. This, you know, this pregnancy is rough. Present. So the presence, the the fact that, no, look, Connor being the example. He had a lot of distractions. A lot of distractions. He had a lot of distractions going on. He didn't mm. have any press or anything like that. He was like, yo, I need to just train. Yeah. And that's another difference. That was another big difference. Yeah. He, this, the whole show, right. he didn't want the show. Right. Maybe he knew that he was already thin. Right for that show, mm-hmm. um, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think I feel like his psychology maybe thrives mm. off of uh, the momentum building up psychologically. Right, right. But well, there was no momentum. It was just like I'm fighting this guy in two and a half months. It was a really short camp. That is fun. That's a super short. Khabib's been in fight camp for 15 months. I feel like, mm, yeah, well, pretty much. Like it. One right, right? <laughs> it looked like it. It looked like it. He's been he's been training for McGregor for like like he like McGregor was training for Aldo, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. True. He right. was just ready for him. He's like, yo, I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna try to throw that that left. I'm gonna shut that shit down. Caught him with mm-hmm. that overhand right. Caught him with a punch that McGregor has been slipping his whole career. Mm-hmm. Right. right. What? That punch was crazy. Yeah. Knocked him out. That cr- mm. punch was nuts. And he was surprised, I think, by it too. His, too. His, mm. his look was like, what the? He was like, <laughs> for real? <laughs> but he never lost his bearings, though. You know, He got up. He ch- Khabib tried to finish him with a knee. He slipped the knee and then turned him around and tried to give uh, Khabib a knee. I think he, he landed the knee to Khabib's head. But mm. yeah. But I remember he had a post today that was really inspiring. He broke down each round. As a learning experience. Wow. This is McGregor. This is McGregor. McGregor That's yeah. why I fuck with McGregor, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> I know so he these... might be all like zooted up, throwing stuff <laughs> at the bus and shit no, like that. No, but, no. but he's a he when when I first started like when I was fighting by myself, we fought the same night. Oh wow. We fought the same night. Like it means anything. Like okay, nothing <laughs> compare. You didn't call him up. You were like, yo, I'm here alone. Yo, man. <laughs> Yo, good luck. <laughs> I'm sure he did not hear about my bout, but it was he lost that night. Actually, hmm. I wonder. I almost lost that night too. Is this the one you post? Is this an Instagram post? Yes. Yeah, yeah that was the one. I almost lost that one. This guy called me with an overhand right, shorter guy fighting a shorter guy. You got to come down to them. He waited for me to come down to him. He came right over the top. I decided to fight Southpaw that fight. Because it was like I never fought Southpaw. I was like, okay, let me try this. Nice out. time to try it. That's title game fight. Day. Yeah, game time, baby. Game Let's time. go. <laughs> so I was. It, uh, it worked well, and I just freaked out. Like he he bridged that that gap and controlled the distance for that second, and saw that I was freaking out, and just went right over the top. Hmm. Held on to him. It was it was a great fight. I really found who I was as a person because the worst had already happened. I got hit. I was like. All right, that was nowhere near as embarrassing as I thought. As my, my friends and family, everyone that I know I work with is in the crowd. Mm. And he's celebrating. Uh, so I'm like... I'm still up, buddy. I'm like, oh, this is... This, okay. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> really good. So it just inspired me. I just like... I got up, I took my time, and just 
picked away at him, and then I got three knockdowns in the last round, and, I, and it was a TKO. So, it, but it, it was really about uh, just finding uh, your inner resources at that time. Everybody um, that guy has ever fought, I researched this guy. I watched the fights every single night until the fight. And everybody he's fought just didn't find any inner resources. They were bigger than him. Mm. You know, he fought a heavyweight, a, a light heavyweight, before he went down to fight me. And uh, everybody he's fought was way bigger than him, underestimated him, and he just knocked him out. Mm. Mm. He was undefeated. I think it was 8-0. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So it was like, whatever. Um, I found my inner resources and eventually just picked the way at him and got a decisive victory but it was really the process of finding that resource that changed everything finding the resource what, what weight was that what, 175 it? I think it was welterweight ish okay you know and was that the video where you got him with the uh, he had the hand up and you had the kick yes that was the same one okay. he was, uh, I was I was I tried to break my leg on his body mm-hmm. I tried to break my left leg on the guy it looked like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it worked it worked so he went up this one a little higher on the on the wrist right because I knew he was going to cover so I just went right in the wrist and I was hitting him so hard to the body his head would shake he was mm-hmm. he was seeing double every time I hit him he would go <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me let me go a little higher this time because every time I went for the head straight away, I missed. Uh, I was mm. like, shit! Like I, I was like my money kick. I set it up perfectly, perfectly timed, and then it, it just dipped underneath. This guy was really good. He trained at um um AKA for a while. Not AKA. Um, yeah, American AKA American Kickboxing. Yeah, I think it's oh, AKA. No. I think it's. Not, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, oh man. Maybe AKM. No. Oh. I don't know. One of those the guys out in Long Island, they were the only game out there besides uh, Matt Serra and them. Matt Serra. So he oh, trained wow. out. So yeah. So he's about the same size, but twenty pounds heavier as Matt Serra. He's a wrestler. This guy was like an MMA guy. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing about MMA. You were talking about like the psychology and like how people have, like MMA guys. The culture is wild. You ever been to like an amateur MMA fight? No, I've seen undercards and some of them i haven't been there but it's a whole i've been to the ring of combat and yeah and that was just crazy to watch. i had a friend who was fighting in it and it was it was nuts. right it's nuts it's not yeah. it's not like you go to a muay thai fight and everyone's just like okay do a little white crew <laughs> <laughs> i respect you none of that no. they're like all right we're here I'm it's just a different attitude man right. yeah it was amateur, different. MMA. amateur mma is wild in new york it's the wild mm-hmm. west yo i could imagine it's just very close to a street fight outside of weapons and yeah, yeah, and yeah. bricks it's, and it's still like tactical and stuff, but it's very like the mentality. I mean, the mentality is is very different because it's just martial and not a lot of art. Sometimes it's a lot of ego. Sometimes because these guys mm. are just figuring out their craft. Mm. You know, there's you know, there's not a lot of tact. You know, mm-hmm. all out. It's all it's 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 a little wild. You know what? Mm. It, it attracts. Uh, it attracts a wild crew, but I think everybody's on that different path. You know, it's, it's a journey that they chosen. That's it's true, but for what reasons? Oh, they're, mm, they're yeah. varied. I'm sure they're varied reasons. Yeah. So I just feel like, uh, yeah, one day I want to do MMA. Um, I think that it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Yeah. That's combining. It's like again a life's work. I think you're in the right place, though. I mean, if you see them training, the MMA guy when we're when we're warming up. Watching the animals next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching this ball all the time. It's inspiring. Yes. 
Yes. The first time I went down, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm going to stick to my punchy, punchy, kicky, kicky. <laughs> and you guys can throw each other and suplex each other. Yeah, <laughs> man. But now I'm starting to see the game and uh, that these guys are all human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All human. Um, you know, and it's just really, you know, their psychology versus your psychology. Who's more present? You know, you know, and I watched them through the whole incubation process, right? Because these guys fight professionally. Like my man Jake Shields, um, shout out to Jake Shields, fucking legend. You know, mm-hmm. he's still fighting at uh, the IFL. Uh, I'm not sure where he fights. I've seen him all the PFL. time. PFL, PFL, IFL is like R.I.P. But uh, PFL. <laughs> <laughs> PFL, you know, he's doing great. He's one of the best grapplers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, who else is in there? Um, my boy Slow was fighting in uh, the PFL. A lot of the guys from from Henzo's are like in the professional fight league. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's awesome, you know, to see them like work on a, a a thing in sparring, and then that shit works beautifully in the fight, and they progressed into the next part of the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I just go to show you the testament of the coaches that are there. Yes, mm-hmm. we are really, really lucky. I mean, we have such a variety of characters, and they all come to the table with uh, just a different entry point. Right. Um, PJ and, you know, and uh, Jamie. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you connect mm-hmm. You connect with them. Um, yeah, just each of them brings a little something different to the table. Right. Jamie's stuff is amazing. He, you ever work with Jamie one-on-one for striking? Uh, oh, man. You, you worked with Jamie before? Not one-on-one, but when I took the Muay Thai up there, they would take his class. Oh, it's beautiful. Awesome. It's uh, such a It's such a great tactical approach every like every like it's almost you know jujitsu has so many moving parts right right it's like okay first you get your grips grips before you do anything right right and then you get the, the, he's he has the exact same approach and it takes the fear out of combat situations because you have total control over yourself that's all you have. That's it. That's <laughs> really it. Yeah. You know, when you're fighting somebody, you're worried about them so much, you forget about your own skill set in the beginning. But uh, he really puts the focus on yourself. And if you can control yourself, your spatial awareness, you know, and uh, control the distance, the cadence of the fight, that's how you unlock all of this stuff. That's how you unlock the, your true potential and get comfortable enough to try different things. Because the guy who controls that can control the tempo, can control the the shot selection, and the mm-hmm. leverage on each strike, which I think is basically it's striking. It's, mm-hmm. That's that's how strike. If you can control the shot selection, you can control the distance on the fight, and you can control um, the pace and the tempo. That's that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I was telling Lee man that at some point, I mean, my my schedules, my schedule. But I would love to go upstairs to work yeah. on this strike because you know jujitsu is great, but you know it's one. It's one aspect, yeah. One aspect of things, and it's mm-hmm. so important to have um, the balance. Yeah, you know, be able to work at any distance. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. How long have you been involved in martial arts? What was the first age that you started? Seven. Seven. Wow. Did Seven. you start with karate? Was I started with karate at the Hamilton Fish uh, <laughs> Center at <laughs> on like Pitt Street. I think they still teach stuff there. They still teach mm. like wrestling there and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like Ninja Turtles, and you know, <laughs> I was like, Ma, yo, you know, we're doing this. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? You know, seven, man. seven years old. Yeah, because it was a violent time on Lower East Side, so you had to learn how to really fight. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, at the Lower East, in the Lower East Side was was my instructor that I had a long time ago. 
uh, way later after that, named uh, Shidoshi Nathan Ingram. This guy was like a legend. Mm. This guy was knocking out drug dealers with his bare hands, oh. getting shot at, Jeez. dumping their drugs in the toilet, and like he had a gang of karate dudes in the Lower East Side. That's wow. nuts. I've never heard of that. That's yeah. wild. So like, um, what's the name of the the angels? Oh, like Gu- Hell's Angels. Ex- uh, not even the Hell's Angels. The guys. Oh, the. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Guardian Angels. Guardian Angels. Yeah. Guardian yeah. Angels? Except he, he wasn't. He, yeah, he he was a vigilante. He, That's a he's a vigilante, but he was brutal with these guys. <laughs> he sent dudes to the ICU. Wow. He wasn't waiting for the cops to show up. Wow. <laughs> he was that not waiting nuts. for you, dog. <laughs> so it was like, a, was it a respect thing, or they, he had a he had a little bullseye on the head? I mean, it was, it was a like, little probably a combo of both. Probably a combo <laughs> of both. Man. He was just like, I mean. Yo, yeah, mad juice in the hood though. He's yeah. on Smith Projects. That's cool. Um, and um, man, in the eighties, like beating people's asses, and, and like he has he has many. He had a, a different approach to martial arts as well. He didn't just do karate. He had black sash and Chinese kung fu. He had and, and like praying mantis kung fu and then Japanese jujitsu. And he loved boxing. So that's how I started boxing. Was with him. He loves obsessed with boxing. He's like, if he, brother, you ain't got no hands, get it. <laughs> so I just we just the first thing I did with him was boxing, and then we started doing kickboxing. He was they would he was kickboxing back in the eighties, like Benny the Jet Yukitas and like mm-hmm. uh, like back when you used to, used to wear pants. Yeah, you know, and he was I think he was undefeated until uh, his last fight, and he was really he was just amazing. Like wow. he was an amazing dude, man. Like just an, an incredible. He taught for free. Wow, for wow. thirty years. Wow, how does he support? Side. That's another story. You're gonna have to call him. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> You're gonna he did. He did well. All right, but he he was he served his community. He, he served sure. his community. He was literally the, the karate dude. He's walking around barefoot in the wow. projects. Wow. He was like a real. And back in the day when you had like challenge matches and shit, right. your school versus my school. Yes. Yeah, my yes. master versus your master. That yes. was real life for him. Wow. Every day. Every day. <laughs> that was real life. That's oh, incredible. you want to take. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to take your school. Guy's warming up outside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, shit. Doing jumping jacks and shit. It was crazy back wow. then. It was crazy, man. Like This is a nice little snapshot of New York in the 80s. Right. For any yeah. individual that doesn't know, you know. It's 2018. New York City is not too far off of Disneyland. Nah, you know, it's not. It's not. It's There's not. still, you know, still stuff going on, but it's really behind doors. In the 80s and the early 90s, it was out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, it was either you know, fight or flight mm-hmm. all day. <laughs> you ever talk to a New Yorker in the street, like your old friend from the hood who didn't quite make it out? Yes. No, and they talk know. to you like this, right? Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Because you know they're looking out to see what's happening, yes. right? Yes. Always yes. turn to the side. And, and, we, right? and we have these, these rules. It was good seeing you. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the same rules of, you know, you're in a restaurant. You don't have that. Door. Oh yeah, you're no. Gonna, I was you know, definitely not going to sit here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we go out, when we go out, I'm like, yo. You got gotta it? See he's like, door. yo, I got it. All right, cool. Yeah. So, you know, whoever the hell is watching the door, you got to have a level of trust with. Right. But these are things that I guess the average American, I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to make any generalizations, but 2018, mm-hmm. New York City is a very different place. Mm-hmm. But this is what, you know, this is what kind of built New York City. That that right. that, that uh, psychology, yeah, I think. That, uh, that perspective on like. Anything can happen. At any second. At any second. And your ass better know some karate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something. Oh, right, right. That's so crazy to me. Like, I look back on that stuff, and I was the sick child that was just, like, struggling with everything physical. 
Mm. And now I'm the only guy like that was really serious about that shit because I had to be. You mm. know, like all my friends are like strung out or in jail or dead, and it's like, damn, bro. Like I kept going, like yo, I gotta keep training, I gotta keep training, I gotta keep be better. And everybody else just kind of was like, ah, you know, yeah, you know, life happens, going like. Mm. I have so many things to push me in that direction, though. So I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Not in like a mythical sense, but like I had to, I had no choice but to rise up from these things. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Well, they're all influence. I mean, and the people along the way, you know, mm-hmm. just as little or as uh, as vast as they may have been, you know, I think um, people in passing, we have such an influence on the outcome of each other's life. Right. And focusing in, I mean, later in life, I didn't realize, excuse me, early in life, I always knew I had this path. Mm-hmm. And I made those decisions when, you know, the guys wanted to hang. I was like, damn, I got school tomorrow. I got to go in. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, we're going out. Let's chill. Oh, I got this test. You know, mm-hmm. graduate school. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it was, but. That's why you're a doctor. Doctor. Sheet. Dr. Munoz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Some phys- respect on that thing. <laughs> it just means, I mean, it's like getting uh just get like getting inside control for like ten years. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, no, the struggle, mm-hmm. the struggle was was you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that came. But fast forward to now, it's mm-hmm. just like with 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 fighting and not even fighting with training, mm-hmm. you realize how 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 blessed you are. How how I had the support and I had the the clarity right to understand where I want to go. And obviously, there's struggles at every level. But again, I'm a firm believer of. People coming in your lives at different times, maybe sticking around. Maybe it's like a quick interaction. Right. But just change your mode, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, the, the, ev- since everyone has an individual perspective, I feel like, I feel that you can learn from everyone that you meet. And that sounds, that's like some like Instagram, uh, quotation bullshit. Right, right. That's really no, like. No, but you live in proof of it. You got, you got evidence for it. Yes, yes. There's, there's, exactly. There's like, evidence. Like I'm a single dad, and uh, uh, my daughter is 16 right now, and uh, I had her when I was her age. Wow! Mm. So it, you know, it was this is like right like three months, maybe five months after 9/11. Wow! That was when she was born. That was when she was born. Mm. So wasn't a lot of jobs happening for a kid that was like 16 years old. You know, trying mm. to take care of whatever. And not, nobody's trying to hear it. They no. shut, everything below 23rd Street was like, Psst, forget it. Lockdown. Mm. So um, I wasn't going to resort to crime because I'm just not good at that. Right. The rest of my family were, sorry guys, career criminals. Right, right. <laughs> it's all right. They, they kinda, it's all good. They kind of, uh, but they were really good. No, right, like, right. Ver- like maybe a third of them got caught. <laughs> right, right, right. And they were being reckless. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's a career, though. You know, it, it's right. a, it, you know, and there's certain choices you got to make and right. certain things you got to avoid. But there's two paths. It's well, true. There's, there's, you know. It's true. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I'm going to teach martial arts someday and help enhance people's lives. And they were like, all right, you do that. I'm going to be over here making money. <laughs> you go ahead and teach karate. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was a learning experience, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, to be around that environment, though... I had to acquire certain skills, you know. One of the, one of the major places that really helped me uh, learn how to communicate was this nonprofit called Strive. They're still mm-hmm. up in Harlem, and they will work on uh, a lot of personal development things where you where you learn how to communicate with yourself first and know how to acclimate to society to a, a, a basically like a a, a corporate setting. So, for yeah. example, most of my classmates. 
ex-cons, former drug dealers, uh, maybe murderers, murderers, right? right? And, I, and I'm, like, I'm just like 19-year-old me, just like, okay. <laughs> trying to figure it out. Just trying to figure it out. Like, guys, I'm not anywhere near as hard as you dudes are. I'm just trying to figure this shit out. And, you know, and the people that taught the classes to how to acclimate were also ex-cons. That's cool. Yeah. They were also like people that, and they didn't play any games, yo. You cannot be late. You're out of the program. If you wow. weren't dressed in a tie, you're out of the fucking program. You use profanity, you're out of the program. Wow. Any racial slurs, any kind of hood nonsense whatsoever, you're out of the program. Mm. So that taught me how to speak Job interview. <laughs> Good afternoon, sir. It's a second language, brother. That's, it, that's right. It's a second language. As Chappelle said, yeah. <laughs> Street vernacular, job interview. <laughs> uh, and it, it was such a crucial, like they would go, part of the classes where I remember the early days were like, um, you, you get up and they'd watch how you walked towards another person. Wow. They're like, bro, this ain't. Yeah, the swing. The this swing, ain't, this right, ain't right. happening, bro. You, it's not, you're not getting a job. Right, right. This is how you smile. Because, you know, because, yeah. like, building rapport with people in the mm. hood is the exact opposite. Of course. Of what they tell you to do in real life, right? right. Like, in the hood, the build rapport people by keeping the stone face and... No eye contact. No yeah. eye contact. Yo, what's good? Unless you're going to go. You know what I mean? Hey, eye right, contact right, right. is going to be... <laughs> exactly. That's, confront- that's immediate confrontation. Immediate, man. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm st- I'm still finding myself breaking that that habit. I nice. make eye contact with someone just like, oh, that's a nice jacket. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it? Yeah, exactly. Like, it ain't, ain't your size, dog. Like, so it was a it was a uh, that was very very uh, uh, eye opening. And then when you finally met the person that you were talking to, you shook their hand a very specific way. Yes. Like, so, all right, just one pump. You don't want to, how you doing, sir? How you doing? It was, just, it was like very distinct uh, skills that I learned that helped me get a job, like, in every job interview. Like, it helped me get every interview. I, I knew how to interview well, you know, because that was the case, you mm-hmm. know? So, but I inevitably left that that realm and just started training people. Very cool. So, yeah. from that period, you had your daughter at 16. Yep. Found Strive. Found Strive. Yep. Got got some critical tools because those are tools that some people just never learn. Mm-hmm. Never learn. And I, unfortunately, I dropped out of high school, so I didn't really. I didn't. I got a GED like that the next year. Good man. Yeah, uh, seventeen. But that was it. I, everything was also self educated, and like anatomy, physiology, psychology. I went. I just took myself to school basically when I was seventeen and just started reading everything in Barnes and Nobles, like anything I could find about how to find myself and how to you know hard skills like psychological uh, analysis and approach hmm. at like 17 or 18 and then in uh, behavioral psychology as well and then like soft skills how to work on myself because no one had ever done what I was trying to do I was trying to raise my daughter trying to you know make a, a life for myself you know while being homeless and like jobless so no one's really like giving me the tools to do that but you took the initial what I mean what sparked though I mean look you know the odds yeah there were fifty percent of the black males at that time were unemployed. Wow, fifty percent. That's a fucking. That's mm. a crazy number. Bro. In New York City, fifty mm. percent of everyone like me was unemployed. That's nuts. That's a crazy mm. number. Fifty percent, because you know if you look at the quote job stats, <clears throat> right? 
they don't talk about 50%, no. you know, like mm-hmm. 7%, 6% mm-hmm. unemployment. Right. But that's obviously a uh, misreport. You know, those reports. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's that, but like, doesn't get reported. I mean, like, but uh, so look at that statistic, right? You, you, half of the people that are like you are uh, unemployed. Guess what they're going to be trying to do? Crime. And then they're going to, and then guess what? A third of all African American males are in jail. Jail. Right? So, and that's why. It's because yeah. it was, it's because of that filtering. No option. I mean, mm-hmm. it's survival is what it comes down to. That's right. <clears throat> that's right. So, it's it constantly working on myself. Constantly. Like, all right, I made it here. My daughter's getting older. I need to acquire a whole new set of skills to prepare her for the next level. Right. I got to be able to communicate well. I got to be able to make money at a certain. A certain amount of money at a certain amount of time, so I can put something away for myself and her. You know, mm-hmm. um, I gotta be able to have certain life experiences I can give her, so mm-hmm. that right, so that I can say, okay, this is what you, this is what you should do. You know, like no one's ever sat down and made that blueprint for me. I had to make it myself, and I'm still making it. Right. It it constantly evolves, but congratulations on that because I mean, you beat you know. You beat a lot of odds. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people count counted my counted me out, my G. Yeah, that's all right. That's yeah, fuel. That's all good. That's fuel. I mean, it's what it is. But like, uh, you know, it's really it's really um interesting. Like, look, I, I I look back on that stuff and uh, is really it was really I don't know. Like, you ever have that conversation with yourself? Like, what would you tell yourself from like mm. like ten fifteen years ago? Like, what it's would a you very say? Very powerful it's conversation. One of our questions. To have. Yeah. That is actually that yeah that is one of our questions mm-hmm. our our follow up question but yeah uh, what would you yeah. tell yourself and this is another this comes from a school of thought of uh, loving kindness meditation mm-hmm. oh really yeah that what would you tell yourself uh, and it's crazy what you would say you mm-hmm. know but fifteen years later what would you do yeah what would you tell yourself a, I tell them just like yo you're right everyone else is crazy keep <laughs> doing keep doing karate um. And learn the business of of uh, of this stuff, because my instructors were great, but they were always broke. Mm. They were asking me for money at one point. I'm like, bro, I'm 19. How are you gonna? Ask me for money? <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be a free service. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, just twenty, just twenty dollars to hold me to the end of the week. Right, right. Like, Damn, bro, like, mm. I never want to be like this. No, so dude. they don't teach you that in karate school. No. I don't know how to how to like you know manage your budget. Manage your budget. Yeah, so I had to learn that. I just saved a third of everything I ever made when I first started working. I just like a third went to my daughter, a third went to just like the things that I could have I could afford, and a third went to savings. So I saved like that's amazing. Just saved everything. Just like you know. So next phase uh, after I learned how to do that would be investing. But uh, we'll talk about that I guess later. We'll yeah, talk well, about the finance stuff. Well, the fight. So fitness, yeah. Um, your entrance into fitness. So mm-hmm. you you found Strive Strive in, in uh, East Harlem, right? East Harlem, yep, 123rd Street. Cool. So then, what what was this thing that hey, I want to start training people? Or how did you? What was your leg into that world? Mm. Oh, there was uh, this this company still around, Focus Integrated Fitness. They're really cool people. Focus. Mm-hmm. Shout yeah. out to Gabe yeah. and uh, Joe. I know, I know them well. Midtown. Yeah. They started in Midtown. Yeah. I think in the '60s. We started the 60th Street and Fifth Avenue. Yeah. yeah, I was like one of their first guys. They're just getting off the ground, I believe. They were training like Beyonce at the yes. time when, when Beyonce was with Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, I got to train a lot of celebrities. I got to work with Gary Vee. I got to work with a lot of lot of cool people because of them, and uh, they. You know, they I basically just only had martial arts skills. They were like, "All right, show us what you know." 
So I did some like jujitsu on a guy. They had some dude there to do martial arts. <laughs> I like flipped him and like did some like you know joint manipulation and like how easily it was, they were like fucking blown away, right? So <laughs> they were like, awesome. oh, and, I, and then I my ability to teach was really good. So like I teach anybody how to strike well in hmm. fifteen minutes. Wow. And they were just like, dude, you're hired. And um, they would just send me out to people's homes, you know. And that's was, how they got my they got my start. This is like 2000. I don't know five. Was Michael Marisigan there? Yes. Yes, he was. He was one of my first managers at Equinox. Really? really? And I remember when he left, he was like, I'm going to go to uh, Focus. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I stayed at Equinox. But Which Equinox was this? I started at, well, when I was first with him, mm-hmm. it was the Lexington and 44th location. That's exactly where I worked. Oh. Holy shit. That was Small world, dude. <laughs> That's 19, crazy. 1999, uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left to finish up my last year in school, mm-hmm. came back, and he was at Amsterdam 76. That's when I uh, okay. continued on 2003. Nice. I fun. saw these gentlemen run a fitness, uh, a meeting at Velocity. They uh, rented space in Velocity, uh, and they, they had about eight to ten trainers there. And I was amazed because, you know, I was a one-man operation, always thinking of hiring someone. Mm-hmm. And I saw these guys. I'm like, wow, they got eight. And then you look at their website. I'm mm-hmm. like, they got eight or ten people. You know, working they they had like this big raffle thing. They were giving away watches, and I think they they would, did a good job of building the hype. Right. Mm. But um, this is the beginning. I mean, this not beginning, but they they took that one on one thing, and then I don't know, they leveraged something uh, back then. I don't know where they are now. Right. They yeah, I don't know. Doing stuff. I think um, with focus. Focus uh, used to have this guy there. What's his name? Focus is on a uh... Chris Chris Johnson. Oh, oh really? He oh, yeah, that's right. He was doing he was doing education this with is a them. small world, man. Mm-hmm. I remember the fitness, they, fitness industry in New York is like people have just been in they've been doing this for 25 years like correct. You know. But mm-hmm. you're talking about you, you just for the listeners that don't understand fitness in New York City. Mm. Garnett's talking about jumping into the top of the food chain. Right, right, right. You you jumped in at a at a high yeah, uh, high level, which is great, you know, in just, terms yeah. of I didn't just like well, I I did like pay my dues too. Like I did like those 5 a.m. sessions with your neighbor, oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know, I mean? I know. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes. Pay the rent. Yes. Sometimes yes. you're missing a session because you're like, bro, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. I, and, she, and then she was she was like, I ran into her, my first client, oh, like man. outside client. And she was like, I understand. I'm tired too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. But, uh, you know, you just got to like sharpen up. I really sharpened my shit up at a few years after that. I was at Equinox and then I was at focus at the same time and then both of them kind of fizzled out and then i found a, a, a independent place uh rich beretta oh the gentleman mm. that's down on 23rd and 22nd and 5th gotcha gotcha yeah, i was down there for eight years and beretta was like at the time in like 2008 2009 he was just a ferocious angry fucking dude you know and it was just like Training with Wolverine in the danger rooms, a completely oh. fucking volatile, but he was genius. So I was like, all of my instructors were like that. So it wasn't yeah. like, everyone else was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I like this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, cool, whatever. No. You're emotionally fucking unstable today? Whatever. Like, what, are we, what are we learning today? <laughs> what are we fucking learning? Like, you know what I mean? And I have mad respect for him because he was a single dad to, um, I still have mad respect for him. He, he paved the way for personal training as we know it for uh private training a lot of people don't like him in the industry um because he was in a i guess he was going through a rough time or how he uh 
navigated his business and but you know man fucking show me a perfect fucking person out there and there is you know man. you know what i'm saying like chill the fuck out everybody you know what i mean like everybody's you know got their shit and he's been through dark times like the rest of us and if you late walked over barbed wire for an industry you'd be a little salty too so mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was him david barton and like the equinox families david basically yeah wow. basically that started personal training in the 90s mm-hmm. yes yes you know to make saying? it common practice to from make, from right. the celebrities yep to the upper middle yep mm-hmm. now personal anybody can have a break exactly what you, want. you know <laughs> all something. you need is a thousand dollars thousand dollars but people it's what they value exactly you know? it's what they've I'm, I'm sure i've had many clients that didn't necessarily <laughs> have the Dispendable income for personal training, but they made a sacrifice. Correct, yeah. and yep. they were with some of my best clients in yep. terms of you know, in terms of uh, just bringing it all to the table, and they were they were literally all in, you know. Right, so right, because um, right, they appreciate that shit. It's those people with like disposable incomes that you do not want to work with. My business is designed exactly to weed those kind of people out. That, that mm. don't value they not to just pay you for a session well right. they just want to pay and say i'm working out exactly right right oh yeah i, I saw god today so therefore i burned calories and that's like that's just not how it works yeah. i really hold you accountable um i'm a cool guy to hang out with but we're gonna get this work done i'm gonna change your life i'm gonna change your body mm-hmm. but we're gonna get this fucking work done nice you know nice mm-hmm. um but yeah so i left Beretta's. Uh, a, a year ago and from Beretta I learned a lot about the industry the psychology of certain kind of archetypes of, of uh, dealing with certain kind of personalities that you train because the, the more expensive you are the more uh, wild eccentric people you get Mm-hmm. You know, because they, they, they <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> right. So, so like the higher you, the higher you go. I mean, anybody can charge a million dollars for a session, right? But you'll know in five minutes that that person knows what the fuck you're talking about. Some people stick with people just because it's like you know they're a cool person or whatever. Mm-hmm. But people that find me on the internet, I get 100% of my clients off the internet because I'm an independent trainer. I'm not like roaming the gym. Hey, what's up? You need help with that? Can I put that... <laughs> you know, like, How's your workout today? How's your workout today? <laughs> what are you working on? <laughs> you get your Equifit? <laughs> like, so... <laughs> oh, uh, throwback. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> but um, for some people, it's not though. They're still they're living mm-hmm. that life because of security. And... uh. Then what I'm trying to do, what I've been doing for the last year and a half or so is help trainers make that transition from relying on walking around the, the gym and picking up clients to, okay, who are you and how do we get you to make money online legitimately? Because as I get all my clients, it's 100% online presence. So I spend a lot of time online and building authentic content. I don't post any memes. Mm-hmm. I don't post any like... uh I don't know, like just like fitness culture itself, um, in a sense, uh, aesthetically, is really corny to me. So I I just don't feel like, and it's no like real authentic people that you could really hang out with that aren't really extreme yelling in your ear. (laughs) Dog, like I'm like I feel like New York people don't want to hear that shit, bro. No, no, no. Well, we've had this. New Yorkers kind of have a cut the bullshit right situation. And give me the answers now. Give me the answers. Right, (laughs) and and you know across the spectrum, the shot callers, the the, ah, shot callers. 
people that have made people like yourself, you know, self Thank self you. made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not you see through the bullshit within seconds. Yeah. You yeah. know, and the upbringing. You know, you had to. Right. You had to. You had to, but within mm-hmm. the fitness industry, yeah, like I, I there's a lot of cheerleading and stuff like mm-hmm. that and, and the average New Yorker is not with really that's not part of the plan mm-hmm. yeah. top level finance guys and mm-hmm. they don't want that shit they want uh, yeah let's get to the work you know, mm-hmm. let me keep it 110% with you. I know you want to do buys and chests every day, <laughs> but you ain't going to get any real gains right. unless you hit them legs, baby, and your yeah. wife ain't going to like it. It may look your penis, maybe make, look, make your penis <laughs> if you got skinny legs, but you're not. That might be a strategy, right? <laughs> right. Oh, you have no shit. ass walking around the beach. <laughs> Come on, bro. But, I, but yeah, man, it's about self-improvement, which is why the, the I recently um, started getting into NLP, like, Really, really strongly because it's really about the conversations you have in, with yourself to define fitness. Mm-hmm. That's really the key right there. If you can define fitness for yourself, you have an obtainable goal. Mm-hmm. You have something that you can, that's tangible and measurable. And now mm-hmm. you can know whether or not you're, you're, you're moving away from it or you're, you're going towards mm-hmm. it now. Right. So that's the first thing I do with my clients before you, we, before we work out. I usually talk to me on the phone. I call you and I, we have a long conversation. If you're not like a referral or you haven't met me or you don't follow me on, on Instagram or something like that already, you kind of know what I'm about. We have an in-depth conversation hmm. about you. What makes you want to have this conversation? And that, and, but that, what makes you want to change your life? But that conversation with yourself, I like to check in with people periodically because that changes. Right, you may have, as soon as you achieve a goal, what's what happens? You off to the next. You get a next fucking goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. off to right? the next. And it's all you, you know. It's a it's a crazy place because sometimes you forget where you acquire, and that's where a fitness professional or coach comes involved and, and kind right. of reflects that and say, "Hey, chill. Right. You've gotten you were here, you're there. Now you want to be there, right. but don't forget, you know, don't exactly. forget what you've gotten. Right, appreciate it for those of." Uh, could you define NLP for those of the listeners who might not have been well, exposed NL- to that? NLP is a neuro-linguistic programming. It's basically the science of identifying everyone's individual perspective or communicating with someone's individual perspective on reality. Now, that sounds really like vague. However, you ever talk to someone and you've explained yourself clearly and concisely with someone? Hmm. I need this, I need that, and I need these. And then they say, okay, and they come back and they're like, I have no idea what you just told me to do. Hmm. They come back with the wrong shit. Correct. Okay. So imagine (laughs) every day, every day, right? right? You say, I want this coffee, I want this, I want this, right? And then they'll come back and it's like not even close resembling what it is. What, What NLP does is helps build... Uh, helps you bridge the two realities of the people that you're communicating with, right? Your reality and theirs. So if I'm training someone, this is how it works with personal training. If I'm training someone and they're describing, I'll say, okay, so what, can you tell me how, uh, what your ideal shape looks like? Or what is it? Describe it to me. Just your ideal shape. And they're like, well, uh, I, I see myself standing on top of a mountain. The sun's beaming down on me. It's really bright. I'm in shape. I, I'm not even tired from the climb. Now, he just described everything in visual language. Yes. Right? The light, standing. He described the atmosphere. You got a vivid picture from his visual, constructive language. I wouldn't be able to make that distinction if I didn't study NLP. Got it. 
If if he said, "Oh, I, I'm standing on top of a mountain and I feel the wind and I I feel amazing. I'm not even tired." I also he also used some kinesthetic, kinesthetic right? Right. So if I was my response is like, "Yeah, I hear what you're saying." Yeah, auditory. he's like, "No, no, no, you don't understand because you're not speaking their language. You're talking mm. in an auditory oh, way." As opposed to, I see, I see what you're saying. I see yeah. what you're saying. Oh, mm. I, oh, that's an excellent picture. Can you describe me? Then you can continue the conversation in the visual landscape. Mm. So that helps me help my clients identify what they're looking for. That's very cool. I mean, you're. Um, I believe what you're leveraging is unique learning styles or mm. communication styles slash learning styles. Right. <clears throat> Lee and I are big fans of, in school, we had this seemingly inconsequential class called education. Right. Yeah. And a lot of our classmates thought it was a joke, mm-hmm. but it was probably the best class we took, mm. one of the best classes we took. 100%. And it was in understanding our patients' mm-hmm. learning style mm-hmm. and being able to communicate our education, at least, or our message yes. across different mediums to address that. Now, when you're dealing with an individual, you don't want to bring it all up. You want to target precisely how they tar- communicate. Exactly. Whereas if you were in a crowd, you got to get a little of it all. <clears throat> right. So that auditory, kinesthetic, visual. and visual. That's right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're all a combination, but I guess the skill set you're working on really is honing how to. Just deal with the individual. That's right. Uh-huh. You got to learn how to listen. I'm also looking at, you know, their nonverbal communication. 70% of all communication is nonverbal, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So 70% of it is your body language, right? And then a, a good portion of it is your tonality. Right. And it's only 7% that's the words you actually say. Crazy. Right? So everyone focuses on the words, but sometimes you ever talk to your girl, like, yo, uh, this is crazy. And she's like, why are you yelling at me? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, you know, you know what I'm just, she's like, lower your voice. Lower just, your voice. Because she's, she's, she's only paying attention to the tonality. Yeah. 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 To or her. vice versa, you know, or sometimes versa. she is, but, but no. <laughs> yeah, I sound so aggressive. Why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling at you. I'm just, I feel. I just got back from jujitsu. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the tonality is, Makes or breaks, you know, some individuals have a lot of issues, well, issues, they have a lot of challenges with the world and they don't realize their tonality. Correct. True. Correct. You know, how the world sees them as opposed to how they see themselves. Exactly. Well, it all starts with how I see myself, right? Like, what kind of languages do I prefer? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What do I? What are my preferences? You find that you and your wife probably speak the same language and that's why you communicate well. Of course. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm a very kinesthetic person. And I describe things in a kinesthetic way that may not work for my visual clients that are like creative director or something. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so what does that look like to you? Oh, well, it looks like this. I don't know. What if you could see it? What is it? What does it look like to you? Oh, well, okay, it looks like this, this, that, and the third. Then I, I got them. Got it. You know? Also, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's about, you know, what part of the brain are they accessing as well, right? If you're a visual person, usually they kind of go up to upper right constructive visual or they're going to upper left where they're trying to recall a memory and you have to you can be able to discern those things oh what'd you have for dinner last night uh they're going to construction and you know they're full of shit because they're uh, right. <laughs> steam broccoli uh, steam broccoli rice. Right. that's all i eat <laughs> that's all i have that's all i have <laughs> all right well let's step on the scale and see how that goes okay got it i gotta come clean but uh you know it's it's a uh, it's an adventure being a uh active communicator, being professional communicator with people, to be able to really listen is 
the greatest tool a personal trainer can can have. Yes. You know, I can't wait to teach this stuff to trainers so that they can boost their business because if your client trusts you, and that's really the biggest thing is building rapport, right? If, if, uh, if the client trusts you, you can convince them that the pain of not having that, and insert your advice here, that cheesecake, that drink with your friends, even though you got to be socially accepted, to get into their mind, to mm-hmm. make that association that every time I make a decision that uh, that empowers me in a way that gets me close to my goal, yeah. right, is way more delicious than just self-indulgence every time you do that with your client they they'll love you forever man like that's something you can't buy that's not that's not part of the training package that you get at equinox or anywhere else you know what i'm saying you got to be able to communicate yeah he's highlighting such a key fact that most new trainers or even physical therapists i mean what 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 you're talking applies to any industry right any anything you do in life if you can't communicate you're gonna have a hard time but um, we, we've had this discussion where when we have a patient in front of us, mm-hmm. well, you're going to use a patient instead of a client. The key, they're coming to us at a vulnerable state. Usually they're right. in pain. Usually they can't do something they, they want to do. Mm-hmm. And we see so many people in our industry that are not even present. Mm-hmm. And they're going through the motions. And it's the worst place to yes. be going through the mo- Yeah, if you're in f- some kind of automated position where you don't deal with People, humans. yeah, humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe, but uh, what you're talking about is such a critical skill that hopefully those of you listening need, no, not need, but look into enhance your skills. <laughs> this is uh, this is the way to do it. Where um, again, so many people fall short mm-hmm. within the fitness industry as well. You know, you have people, cli- you know, train a client. Yeah, just two more. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's going on this weekend? You know, that, <laughs> you know, and I, that that is like, what are what are they paying you for? You know, and it. Again, it's like they have an hour. Yeah. You got to really leverage that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have unique, you know, I think personal training as well as physical therapists, we have a unique position in that we're with the person for an hour, two hours, three hours a week, maybe more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people have that, mm-hmm. that, that connect, that professionals, whether it's a doctor, lawyer, whatever, dentist, you don't have that kind of an impact. So we have such a, a, right. a unique position to really. Right. It's your responsibility. Yeah. As a, in our profession, to be the best version of yourself, mm. so that you can be present for your clients. Yes. If I don't take care of my shit, right, and I bring my shit to work, and I got—I I mean, you, you heard my past. I got, yeah, yeah, I got a lot plenty. of shit. I got a lot of reasons mm-hmm. to not try, right? right? Like I got a lot mm. of reasons to just like not be resourceful. But fuck all that, because I got people that depend on me. They're sending me their food right now. You know, they, they're like, yo, Garnett, I'm, they're utilizing me as a resource. They're relying on me to help them get to their goals. And I take that shit serious. So serious. And for trainers to not take take their own health, you know, seriously, I'm constantly making improvements on myself so that I can give it to my clients, give it to my daughter. Because that's what the, we're in the service industry. We're here right. to give. Yes. And, you know, nothing makes us feel better, makes me feel better. I'll speak for myself. Than to give something to someone that no one else can take away. Self confidence is, you know, the ingredients of self confidence is is constantly feeling empowered by your own actions through yourself. If I can give them that process, they can constantly revisit it when they need it. They yeah. can find those inner resources when they're in pain and they see you, 
And they're like, yo, I'm never going to be able to throw X, throw a ball again because I just had rotator cuff sh- surgery. My shoulder feels tight. It feels impossible right now. Or someone sees me and they just they just defeated cancer. Yeah. You know? They just got their ass kicked by chemo. And, they, and then their, their identity of themselves has been destroyed. And now they they associate any kind of hardship with, you know, def, you know, some impossible feat because they're used to being this unresourceful person. You have to have some tools to get them out of there, to get the best out of them so that you can get them to be uh, the best versions of themselves. And, you know, that's why uh, I'm, I'm ranked high on Yelp because I, I, my, the people that I, I look after, like I, I try to make as much of profound impact as possible on them. And that's my goal as a trainer, it's, mm-hmm. as, a, as a voice box on Instagram or YouTube or wherever is to impact as many people as I can before I die and that's it. I'm just motivated to do that, you know. How what are the challenges like so you you have such an immersive um perspective, you know. What are the challenges in terms of like there's 24 hours in a day. Yes. There's so many people you could see. Mm-hmm. Um how are you planning on kind of reaching others when you're not in front of their face. I mean, that that's that's a challenge I think all of us is mm-hmm. um, service in, let's say physical therapy, personal training in specific, you'll be the best trainer, the mm-hmm. best therapist you can be, mm-hmm. but then you have this time constraint of mm-hmm. the day. Right. What, what are your, some of your, I guess, tools or perspectives on that, on how? Well, you gotta use, um, you gotta be resourceful. Uh, I record a lot of stuff. When people see me personally, I record a lot of their sessions. If I don't, I don't, I don't need to be uh, hands on. Mm-hmm. And if, sometimes, if I am hands on, I'll get a tripod and I record it. If I have space, got it. And then I send it to them. That was a huge part of me training people uh, this whole year. It's been like recording stuff, send it to them. They have their homework, and then they stay yes. sharp. You know, most of my clients have like a catalog of, of moves that they can try on their own. God, that's you know, that's what we do. That's, that's mm-hmm. cool stuff. You know, yeah. we're we're on the same page, yeah, bro. Man. This is home exercise. It's like it. boom. Yeah, well, I send them three videos. Yep, mm-hmm. and they're watching themselves, mm-hmm. and they're hearing me as if in their own sessions. That's it. Yeah, but it's better than. I mean, we've tried. I've tried a, a handful of like standardized exercise. Blah blah blah. The, the the compliance is low. Had a whole <laughs> right, right. Not only that, yeah, it's, it's a like, sheet of paper. I yeah. want you to <laughs> right, right. take a look at that. No, 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 no this right. for thirty minutes. Right, 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 right. Do no, that. Nobody yeah. wants to do no, that. No, no, no. And again, you got to make it meaningful to this person. Right. And I love the the idea of are your decisions bringing you closer? Yes. Is a very simple. Yeah. And, and those, I, Lee and I have discussed at length. Like jujitsu in particular for myself mm-hmm. has really put my lifestyle in the lens mm. and, you know, said, well, do I want to sleep an extra hour? Because mm-hmm. if I don't, if I stay up right now and just do blank, mm. am I going to have a good day tomorrow? You know, and, right. and I think martial arts in general or even at combat sports in general, I mean, you can't, it doesn't, it's very, you can't hide much. No. You can't hide much. No, you know, you, you have can't. to have all your ducks in a row. That's right. You know, nutrition, your mind, mm-hmm. your body, your spirit, everything has to be kind of in alignment. And if it's not, you're not present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Back to McGregor, man. I mean, like, I mean, I'll, if he would have won that fight, I don't think it would have been as uh, big of a learning process for him and other people. Right. 
You know, I feel like he'll come back. He'll one of two things. He'll come back and be extremely motivated again, and find the inner resources to be great. Because when he loses is when he learns. Yes, that second fight against <laughs> Diaz was amazing. Yes, he pushed himself. You've seen him like dig deep. You've seen him go in. The reason why you love a fighter, or uh, he'll just fall in love with his own legend. Mm, and just he's has enough mm-hmm. at. He's had. A, he's, he's he's gotten. He's he'll he'll lie to himself and tell him that he's fulfilled. Tell himself he's fulfilled, which I doubt. Right. Because the language of the of the the, the Instagram post did not. Did well, not, he wouldn't go into blow, but he wouldn't relive it. Right. If he didn't want to learn from it, he cause he's he kind of disassociated for like the last couple of weeks. It was hard for him. Oh, I'm sure it was hard for him. But he keeps it real, man. That's why you watch any interview with him as a kid, as him coming up through Cage Fighters. You know, he's already realized his dream already. That's mm. the hard thing about this. He's already yes. kind of, he's, he's like, I want to be a two-weight world champion in the UFC. 19-year-old Conor McGregor saying this. Mm-hmm. He did it. Now what? That's the hard. When now you're what? At the, when you're on top of that mountain, man. It, there is no mountain, though. You, you've never fucking arrived. You've never, never just been like, okay, mm. well, I did it. Ah, smooth sailing for the rest of my life, guys. No, no, it never works that <laughs> you'll, way. You'll never no. be happy. Never. No. Because that's the real goal, isn't it? All right. Constant evolution. Well, the happiness. Yeah. Happiness. Happiness. Constant evolution is a is a product of, of pursuit of happiness, right? Very true. You're right? Very true. Yeah. So the question is what's going to make McGregor happy? You know, he's got all the money. All he's right. got all the money. He's, he can't spend all that money now. No, mm-hmm. he's it's, talking about his grant. His we, grandkids. We, his grandchildren. Did you hear, um, I think Joe Rogan had both of his trainers on the yes. week after. Yeah, yes. Those guys mm-hmm. are amazing. That they was are. A, that was a cool, and again, authentic. Yep. You heard the guy, that weight cut guy? Yep. Totally street dude. Yeah. You heard in his voice. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, but wow, the clarity on these guys. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think for the average person that doesn't understand fighting, and I, and I, I am a total novice to this world, but... Mm. You have a stereotype of oh, it's a coach. They're just teaching how to punch him. These guys are so next level. Like, that he it manages their psychology. They have, yes, and it's the thing about Kavanaugh is that he has a totally different psychology to McGregor. Oh, of course, completely, Com- different, completely different person. Mm-hmm. He's, right? man, he's so relaxed. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I remember seeing like uh, McGregor's first fight, and Kavanaugh just was like, "If you ever act like an asshole again after you win." I'm never training you again. Wow. I think he took one fight off where he didn't act like an asshole, and then he's been an asshole ever since. <laughs> but McGregor like, was like, let me be an asshole, and I'll do it. That's how I express it. I mean, like, you know, that's who he genuinely is. It's not like a show. Edo Portal. Oh, oh man. man. He put me on Edo. Yeah, Edo is, I've been following Edo for years now, and I've been mm. like, he ch- it changed, just sitting in that squat position ch- and hanging. Mm-hmm. Changed that whole little, you know, that thing changed my life, changed my perspective on training. You know, that's did why you I take a class with uh, Edo? Oh, I wish I would have trained. No, I just watched everything watched on, right, the, right, right, on right. the internet. He's possible. hard to come up, man. I mean, he doesn't come to the United States much. He doesn't come. Up. I would have came. I would have went to wherever the fuck he's at. You right. know, but he like blasted on his like on his website, and that's it. You right. show up, you show yeah, up. Show up, yeah. You know, I but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But his a lot of his ideologies, I definitely take to heart. I feel like. He's one of those people that I feel like I would just connect with immediately. You know what I'm saying? Like we just have so the ideology ideologies are so aligned that it's like, oh, of course it, it works that way. Like of course, like it's so obvious to me. Everything he's saying is like preaching to my to my heart and my gospel. You know, like my internal uh, dialogue. It sounds 
like the things that he's talking about, you know? His movement <clears throat> is moving. And not just his, but I think there's a movement towards primal, primal movements. Yes. It's you huge. Know, you know, and you think of huge. Think of martial arts, you know, and even what you were saying about having your self-expression, you know, yes, they have these rules and that's nice that, you know, to teach, but right. what about the expressiveness? Mm -hmm. And even in training, right? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely subject to this in my early career of like thinking, all right, we got to do these these moves mm -hmm. and then you're mm -hmm. you're good mm -hmm. you're in shape and then someone steps off the sidewalk and breaks their ankle or, or you know or picks up their child and, right. and quote throws out their back or whatever that means but right. but yeah this freedom of movement I mean jujitsu like it goes back to jujitsu and the thought of you know some of my peers in mm -hmm. physical therapy was like wow there's a lot of injuries and stuff I'm like well mm -hmm. yeah I mean a lot of injuries in walking right mm -hmm. but the freedom of movement mm -hmm. and the, with the approach. It, the approach. It's the about approach. it's about the, the the person, the people that are saying that. They're probably like that in the rest of their life as well. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just, oh I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it sounds I, like there's some risks in there. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to put my money in that thing. Right. I don't want to do a somersault. Oh, it's nice outside, but I'm just going to stay here. Just in, you know, it's like that psychology never really wins because no. you know it just it never even within themselves even with their own rules right we all have these internal rules yeah. right and whether or not we're in tune with those rules determines our happiness right and, oh well, for sure you know and then their rules are like you know i don't want to get hurt yeah. number one rule i don't want to get hurt emotionally physically financially well i got some fucking news for you um uh, all of the above is going to happen to you. Right, right, but right. I'd rather be the guy that's prepared for those things and can quantify my, you know, my happiness. What you know internally, as opposed to like things that are I can't control, because that's what that fear is really about, right? Mm -hmm. It's just about controlling the outside world and hoping that shit doesn't go sideways. When it will. It will. It's an, I mean, there it's, is it's no the control. There is no, yeah. There, there is, is no con control outside here. It's only in control here. Mm -hmm. Right. You can only. Out, out there is just, you know. Chaos. It's chaos. I there's, mean, there's two major themes in our industry right now, in the physical therapy industry mm -hmm. it's uh, fear and, and empowerment. And those two are opposing things. So, mm -hmm. what they're finding now is, you know, not the sole uh, cause of injury, but a, a really big contributor. Is this fear of movement or kinesiophobia? Yes. Things like that. And yes. uh, to kind of remedy that, what you're talking about is exactly what they're talking about. So have a conversation with a person, discuss their perception of reality, mm -hmm. help them achieve those things using the skills that you have, mm -hmm. the background that you have, and empower them that they can do that. They can go through this, you know, um, you know, unexpected thing that has happened to you and now take these steps to get on top of it yes and it could be not just an injury it could be a fitness goal it can be something that they're going through that's really stressing them out whatever it is right. and that's huge i think that those are really key things right now that kind of overlaps yeah fitness um, and definitely PT. what you're talking about <clears throat> is, is also a, <clears throat> a perceptual shift mm -hmm. and that perceptual shift within physical therapy fitness or in life it, it's critical to be able to make that shift. And those who are constrained by inability to change their perspective, I mean, like you said, eventually, they, they might survive for a while. Right. Fighting. But eventually, right. 
they they get they get cornered. Yeah. <laughs> they get cornered because so life will do that. Yeah. But um, amazing, amazing how your um how you articulate the skill and and how you could thank you pass that on is is the is the next session. I mean, so you want to you working with trainers that are kind of working. They're looking to go out on their own, or maybe maybe they're out on their own, mm -hmm. and they haven't fully embraced it. Because you know, they, mm -hmm. when you start out, I mean, yeah, it is. It's a tough. It's, it's a hard transition. It's a hustle. I gotta do my own taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell, taxes. <laughs> I'm trying to be a personal trainer. Y'all here talking about taxes? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Not right. a game. No, 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 no. I want. What's up with the push-ups? Uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> Oh. Not push up. You talking about taxes? Yes, taxes and expenses. You get an accountant and <laughs> some QuickBooks. You probably don't even need QuickBooks. You really have like whatever your bank has. You can probably track all your shit. Mm -hmm. I have an accountant. I got a uh, uh, assistant. Right. How's that? Yeah, that was. I was very impressed. I got a text. I'm like, well, how does that work? When did you take on an assistant? Uh, my ex. This is my ex's assistant. Okay. So she kind of like I needed. I was like, yo, I cannot handle all of this scheduling, booking, rebooking, moving around. And uh, I was blessed with Audrey. Yes. Oh, my God. Very efficient. Audrey, yeah. I, I love you. Good communicator. <laughs> um, good communicator. She's amazing. Um, if anybody, I don't know if she's looking for extra work, but I can put you in contact with her. If anybody, if any personal trainers need, like, an assistant, um, She's the best. She's the best. Mm -hmm. um, she really helps me out because I got my daughter. You know, it's hard for me to like keep up with other other trainers have nothing, not nothing going on, but like compared to what I have to do every day. Yes, I got yeah. jujitsu, Muay Thai, child business, maybe my my personal life too. Like, right, so I can right, have right, something. Right. <laughs> right? Can I get a little slice? Right, right, right. right. You know, like I got my own personal stuff. I got to, you know. It's, I don't know, my cool guy stuff. I don't know. Like, I'm interested in a lot of different things. So she helps me do all those things. I got to schedule everything with her. My, like, yeah. I think at the end of my relationship with my ex-girlfriend, I was like, yo, can you just schedule a, a date? <laughs> can you put her in? Yeah, right, right. Can you put her in for Thursday at, like, 730? That's great. Yeah, it was like, I mean, she, it was like that. So she's, she's a, she's a blessing. And, um, this time management, I, I would have to say with, uh, people starting, just starting out. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Time. You gotta be, uh, it's, it's, it's more for me training at this point because anatomy and physiology does not change unless no. you're uh, an alien. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I'm looking for any aliens that are looking for. <laughs> any aliens, please step forward. He's open. I'm open. Um, it doesn't change. So there's now it's more art than it is um, than, than it is like science and like sticking to a regime. A lot of my counterparts, I feel like, are afraid to step out of that like box of strength training. You know, there's a lot of insecurity in the personal training industry. There's a lot of insecurity. Well like, mm -hmm. you know, just... I'm going to steal your clients. You can't steal my clients. Yeah, right. No, that's that. Yeah. You know, I always. It's I not, this is not like the Mac. No. no <laughs> like, you know, your bitch chose me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, that's, this is not what's happening. Like, I never felt. I always. It's funny. They, they used when I started, um, I started on 59th and Park, New York Sports Club. And there was, there was initial, uh, you know, I was a young trainer. Mm -hmm. I always try to gravitate toward. The top trainers, you know, I want mm -hmm. to know what made them tick, right. how they do what they do, exercise, everything, you know, mm -hmm. just pick their brains. But then there was the other guys and there was like this level of competition and, you know, to kind of get new clients. 
I never even saw. I just said if I think if I focus on my client and myself, I have nothing to worry about. Exactly. Right. And my clients will they'll they'll take a bullet for you. You know, bottom line, they right. they will like right. they, they would right. do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but you know, I come. Yeah, you're right, man. They'll look out for you. They'll but never. There's, but the industry. But the industry has a has a uh, mentality of scarcity. Scar- like no. there ain't enough people in New York that can afford you. Everybody can afford you. Right. Yeah. Right. It's whether or not they value your services. Abundance. There's abundance. We we we're blessed to live in the yeah. place we live in, oh, and yeah, yeah, there's there's some dark places in New York, like any big city. But right. we live in abundance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, we got way too much money here, way too much opportunities here. Right. Um, and as trainers, we should be looking out for each other because the gym industry is not going to look out for you. No, they mm-hmm. want to just yeah. This yeah. is modern day slave labor. I exactly. think I paid. T- Twenty three dollars at Equinox, and they yes, pocketed so like eighty like, uh, percent. Yeah, yeah PTSD. I, was like, Whoa. <laughs> no, you know, I remember him telling me. An hour. I remember yeah. when we were in school. He was yeah. like, "Fucking corporate jobs." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty nine. Fuck them. I'm going to record saying fucking them. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Fuck them. No, it's true. They're Get horsing your money, people. Yo. If you're a trainer, all you have to do is acquire new skills. To promote your business. I I, I got this, this one train I run into all the time. Because I work out at New York Sports Club flagship. Oh, which, 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 which flagship? Flagship. Was that on, on Astor Place. It oh, was okay. formerly known as David Barton. Gyms are closing all over the place. They oh, the, they are. David Barton's Clay closing, is right? closing down, too. Oh, my God. On wow. 14th Street, one of the OGs. I remember, I remember Clay. Clay. Yeah, because this industry is fucking crooked, Eucalyptus my towels. Eucalyptus <laughs> towels. Eucalyptus towels. <sighs> just smell it and mm. feel like you just work. <laughs> that sounds like... Bankruptcy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke, bitch. Oh no! Oh, it's closing down. So this, this, it, it, they're all closing. That's crazy. New York sports, well, all of them are having issues, yeah. and part of it is the um, overhead, and the fact that yes. gentlemen like yourself, myself, and yourself, a lot of boutique places are taken fucking over. And this yeah. goes back to the whole <laughs> no. relationship thing. It's the relationship that keeps those businesses alive. That's it's, right. It's not the transaction of the mm. how many, uh, what packages they buy. Or how much you got this month. And, and right. again, I understand the business of it because sure. they have to keep the lights on. Right. But uh, we all have the tools mm-hmm. to do it on your own. That's right. Get yeah. it on your own. Figure it out. Yeah. Figure out your marketing. Figure out your identity before you figure out your marketing. Yes. My my marketing is is different, and people try to you know use the same tech like you know can't tell. I mean, yeah, you can't because it's not you. Like I'm me. I'm gonna have weird shit on my Instagram, and you know I'm into very specific things. And the people that fuck with me are into those things too, because I know my market. I know who I am. Right. And those mm. two just naturally meet. And I'm confident about it because it's me. I'm not, imagine pretending to be somebody else and being successful. Holy shit. Mm. Well, there's a lot of those, you know, and eventually it implodes. Yes. Like yeah. the fitness industry. Correct. Because, uh, mm. like, know, they're really wanting to do something for someone or really actually care about self empowering people. No, they want to get the sessions in. They want to get mm. their money in because, right. like, real estate is out of control, which is going to implode. It's slowly imploding now. Yes, it is. And, um, Things will be affordable again for a little while. Right. Um, but then I feel the industry is headed toward – I mean, the, 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 the class pass generation right now mm. is is eventually going to implode as well because That's it's right. not a sustainable business model. You got a bunch of guys that ran clubs, like nightclubs. Right. Basically 
buying up gyms and hiring models, the same business model they got for the nightclubs. Hmm. And we know how the night industry ended up <laughs> in New York, right? It oh, was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. you Shut know, down. It got, it, it's a wrap. There is no nightclub industry. It's just guys paying models to show up at the club from 12 o'clock to 2 a.m. I'm sorry, guys, that working in, the, <laughs> yeah. in this industry. That, but well, they're just paying people. You're hanging out with, like, your most attractive friends. You get a bottle, free bottle from the club, and then you show up. It's the same <laughs> shit. Oh, man. It's the same shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to get Vogue to feature you in your... Dog, what are you about? There's only there's a couple of group uh, fitness places that I actually fuck with, like Overthrow. I don't know. Overthrow is on LES. They're basically like if I was a gym, if I was a group fitness class place. Mm -hmm. It looks like CBGBs and like like the eighties, eighties in New York. Overthrow, we gotta look that up. Yeah, Yeah. check out Overthrow, man. They're pretty cool. Uh, It's got Joey owns it. He runs it. He's an awesome guy. The the trainers there are authentic oh, fighters. They're all boxers. They all like you know have a, a, a record. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Everybody there fights or like is a you know professional cool person. Right. You know, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? They're really cool people. And I just I, I remember when it opened up, I was like, oh, you're calling my name? Like it was like neon I don't even lights. like the name. The yeah, name overthrow. They have yeah. a political message. They're, they're about transgender rights. They're about gay rights. They're about equality among people. I don't see any of these other motherfuckers talking about that shit. No. Right? Way. I don't see, uh, you know, they don't touch any that. of these guys like talking about like how like this administration is basically like, you know, kicking people uh, color out and like, you know, inequality with, with you know, immigrants, sex you know. inequality, immigrants. Like, the Overthrow talks about that shit on a daily. Wow. They march, they run, hmm. they want to empower Puerto Rico. Shout out to Power Malu. Wow. From the LES, like these guys stand up for something, and they'll be along. They'll be there for a long time because they got they show people real love. That's authentic. Authenticity. They're authentic, they're authentic yo. It's huge. Yeah. You can't buy that, dog. And it's a little spot on Bleecker Street. It's a little Very spot, and they got another location down in uh, uh, in Brooklyn. Very cool. Yeah, overthrow. overthrow. Shout out to overthrow, yo. They, people like to shit on them. They, you know. But fuck those people. Like, they like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck you guys. Seriously. Like, I'm not getting paid by these guys either. They ask, you know, Joey's like, yo, why don't you come on board? You know, you know how to box and stuff. And like, you know, we'd love to have you on board. But I'm like, I'm independent. And he's like, you know, I respect that about you. You know, I respect what you do. I see him in the street, always says hello. He's a really nice guy. Everybody that works for them are are awesome people. And I just wanted to show love to them because, you know, if you're looking for group fitness, Fuck with Overthrow because they're about something. They're about some mm. real shit. And they'll, hopefully they'll be, they'll be a staple in New York City. They'll be here for long after Joey's dead and gone. Very cool. <laughs> All the message will get. It sounds like it's a powerful message, man. Yeah, and not a okay. message, but they're living it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. They're doing things and they're very active. Yeah, man. They encourage people to vote. Like, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're everything hip hop and rock and roll should be. Mm. And, interesting. and I fuck with them. You well, know? You're talking about fitness sending a message. And I think, you know, the message in fitness is, you know, it's changed. It's it's, it's changed. And it, it means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, it's a, it's where people go for, quote, self-development or to try to better themselves. That's right. And what better way to kind of leverage that into groups as opposed to the individual? Right. Right, the, so, the tribe mentality, right. which I'm I'm not a fan of personally, because the tribe ain't never been there for me personally. However, I understand how it is, you know. Right, right. In some sense, I'm developing a tribe, you know, on you know online and people that have worked with me in the past. You what know, you I want a sense of community. Um, I just never, 
I just, I just, I just have more. I don't know. I just feel like the individual. I want to inspire the person, the, 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 the fitness Malcolm X. I want to inspire yeah. the person that you know, the fitness Nas, the fitness Jay Z. I want to, I want to inspire those people who set their own path, paved their own lane, their whole, you know, perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be the Rakim of, of fitness where it comes to innovation and marketing as for the individual. That's my. You know, that's my personal goal is is to impact people in a profound way. You know, very cool, man. That's so. uh, crystal clear. Your um, your intention is crystal clear. For those of you who can't see him, <laughs> uh, very crystal clear. And again, it's it's um, the individual versus tribe. You know, we get in trouble with the tribe sometimes. You know, yeah, and man. people like you said, kind of the blind following, as we could see in our current state of affairs yes mm. all of a sudden you like you at Walmart and all of a sudden you just hold a tiki torch for no like yo <laughs> <laughs> I thought we was going to Target <laughs> and then there's fucking oh my God. that 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 oh, day God. you know that that day brought a fucking brought a tear to my eye because yeah, I sat hard. there with my son mm. you know he doesn't know what the hell's going on my son was like a year old mm. and I was like what the fuck what are we what are we t- what is this? It didn't look real. It didn't it, look it, real. You saw it and you're like, wait, was this is this a movie set? What are you, what's right. going on? They were angry. Yeah, they were. They were angry. angry. Like we're gonna take over America <sighs> and undo 400 years of oppression and uh, mm. uh, unequal rights and wage gap. Like we're gonna do undo that with with a black TV show or something or letting immigrants in here. It's crazy. It, 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 it was. It was a uh, really. You know, sad and also like, wow, where, again, living in New York, you know, land of, you know, the eclectic and, um, you know, just uh, maybe we're all the product of our environment in that sense. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, I, yeah. I can't I can't see any uh, any rationale behind it. Well, you know yeah. what? Um, I hate to sound like a, <laughs> a, a Jehovah's Witness and go back to the gospel of NLP. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's all good. Do you have a minute for NLP? Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where's your brochure? Uh, right here, sir. <laughs> um, so one of the tenets of uh, – uh, by the way, NLP was created by uh, these three people that were modeling uh, – these two people that were modeling uh, three very, very effective behavioral psychologists, right? And one of the things that helps me understand any other perspective besides the fact that everyone everyone in history's perspective of reality is different. Even if you and I have the same religion, grew up in the same time, in the same place, and went to the same church, your perspective of religion is going to be different from mine. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is if someone is doing a behavior, has a behavior that is harming other people mm-hmm. their subconscious believes that they're going to be helping in some way some crazy yeah they some... they believe that you know immigrants are really going to destroy america right mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of positivity they think that this is the most positive way they they believe that they're fighting for america you have to understand right. that like that's they they really so but if you communicate to them from that perspective, as opposed to attacking them, right? Then we can get some work done here. But okay, so why? What about this makes you feel that way? Well, I just feel like this. So, well, let me show you these statistics, perhaps. Or, or maybe, <laughs> let me bring you to this perspective and and bridge the gap between realities. And that's what NLP is all about. And that's mm. why 
You know, I've had conversations with Nazis. I had conversations with with like you know white nationalists. I have a friend of mine who works for a radio station. He's a fucking white nationalist, basically. Hmm. I don't know how this guy is still employed, hmm. but he is. But yeah. he's a friend of mine. But and I understand that he believes this, and he believes the best way to defend his reality, right, is to go about this in a certain way, hmm. and and it has to be very specific because again, people will defend their reality. More than they'll defend their religion, of course, right? Because it's, it's the identity; only... it's built into correct. It's built into the DNA, just built into the deep into the brainstem. That's right. <laughs> it's built in. It's not that deep, but imagine if you could have a conversation with someone and shift it all the time, right? right. Thus, neuro linguistic programming. You gently just shift. Okay, what about this? Just make them curious. Just get curious about it. You don't know all the answers. You don't. No. None of us do. None of us do. But what if this, what if, what if, not that you're wrong, but what if this approach isn't going to get the desired effect that you're looking for? And I'm pretty sure you want the same things I want. Hmm. Right? You want clean water. You want excellent opportunities for your ch- for your kids. You want to be represented properly in the media. Right? You want all the same things I do. But you're willing, the only difference between you and me is that you're willing to sacrifice me because you believe I'm less than human right? in your perspective. So all you have to do really is prove our humanity. You know, that's why you have Black Lives Matter and like, you know, all these other movements. But that's just more angry rhetoric. Right. Right. What really needs to happen is a real conversation to understand each other's realities and then bridge the gap between the two. And then we can have some progress. Because I don't get, I can't, I don't even say people are asshole anymore. I don't even like, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even have that perspective. Oh, this guy's just, just deducing them and deleting their whole humanity. Well, doing the same thing they're right? doing. Fact, yeah. Right. You're and just playing their game, actually. Right. Well, exactly. without even knowing it's their game, but. Right. right. They don't even know that they're doing that. Right. Because we're deletion creatures, right? We take information and then we just delete. You know, the shit that doesn't make any sense to us and then keep what's familiar mm-hmm. and then that's our reality. Right. Oh, that's familiar. Okay. I can roll I can roll with that. Right. right? But instead of seeing like the whole picture, because humans are complex, that's the real fucking situation, right? Right. We're complex. We're not just I believe in this and then I believe in that and then that's all good. Like I believe in God. Ah yeah. <laughs> when it's you know, not when I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. You know, like we're complex. Right. Very You know complex. what I'm saying? Like or, mm. or like I don't believe in God, but yeah, it might maybe. I don't fucking know. Like I don't know. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. you just gotta remain curious and interested in other people's realities. As soon as you close off that avenue of your brain, your perspective gets smaller and that's how you end up on the wrong side of history. <laughs> Correct. True. All those who, who have impacted history understood the leverage mm-hmm. of understanding others. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And, that's, uh, and that like some kumbaya shit, like on some real... No, no. Yeah. Stru- no, no, not kumbaya shit. Just yeah. really working out, working through perspectives. That's right. It's about yeah. bridging those things. And yeah. the better we can bridge those things, the more effective we can get to our goals together. Right, you want to go, you want to go somewhere fast. You go alone. You want to go somewhere far. You go together. So that's mm, a very cool. Like what the hell that. did I read that shit with? It's an African proverb. Very that's cool awesome. stuff. Yeah. 
That is a cool perspective that many people need to follow. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's ancient wisdom that we've forgotten about. The ancients had a... They had, a, had a lot going on, man. Well, not a lot going on. They had a very clear. They had a clearer picture because I think they were less distracted. That's my yeah, own yeah. interpretation of it. But um, mm. so much can be learned, and it's crazy. I I wrote this down. I think after a yoga, it sounds kind of w- wild and weird, but after a yoga class like five years ago, mm. dark time. I think six years ago, there was some mm. stuff going on, mm-hmm. and after my shavasana, woke up. And said, you know, something told me, guide yourself with ancient principles. Okay. I wrote mm. that down. Yeah. And, you know, that tied into meditation. And then you fast forward to martial arts, mm. but guide yourself mm. with ancient principles. I don't know where or how that came about, mm. but that was from the source. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My source. That's right. But um, but it's a powerful thing. The, the um, I, I'm, yeah, powerful thing. It, it is, man. Mm. Um, it's, some things are universally. There's three types of truth. That's like NDT, my man. NDT. Right. Shout out to Neil deGrasse Tyson if you ever hear this. <laughs> love Neil deGrasse. Tyson. Oh, he's a man. Oh, that's my he's dude. Awesome. Love love NDT. So, um, first truth is our political truth, right? Mm. Right. That's the kind of debatable. Yeah. Well, right? truth is not truth according to some. Right. <laughs> truth is no. Truth. That's true. I probably shouldn't have started with that one. No, 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 no. I should have went meta on that one. <laughs> so they got universal truths. We got yeah. universal truths, right? That just there exists whether or not you believe in them or not. There is gravity. Oh, yep. yep. We can measure this shit. Throughout <laughs> existence, it's right. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. But, oh, you don't believe in gravity? Well, too fucking bad because you got all of this. <laughs> you know. Then it comes to uh, individual truths, right? On your perspective. Now, those are true as well because you believe in them, right? When you're talking to someone and you hear someone, I was in a cab with some guy. I get in, looks at me. He doesn't know my orientation or anything. He's just like, oh, you know. Use the F word to describe gay people. Mm. These guys are, you know, da 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 da. Is a cab, cab driver? It's a cab driver. Mm. I'm like, I could have easily been like, first of all, my brother's gay. <laughs> I'm going to smack your ass through this. <laughs> <one."> <laughs> but instead, I was like, okay, go on. So we, mm. we talked, and he's a Muslim, and he's the young guy. And his global belief is that uh, he has to be a Muslim to be a good person. Hmm. So, I like to practice NLP in this situation. <laughs> right, right. In the cab ride. <laughs> On the, oh, yeah. It's the best time because they, they don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's like, well, I'm talking to the guy and he's like, well, you know, I actually I got him to shift his reality a little bit and ask questions. Like, okay, so what is a – so, if, if what's more important in this case? Is is God important to you in this case or are the people important to you in this case? Because you're talking about a belief that hurts other people. And he was like, well – Oh, well, if you're if you're insulted by this, then you're stupid. I'm like, like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, because if you're insulted by a belief, if you if that hurts you, then that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what about like, I don't know, Hitler? Maybe like that guy <laughs> has some beliefs that are pretty radical that hurt people. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, but that wasn't really a belief system. Like, actually, he was endorsed uh-huh. by the Pope, and uh-huh. the Catholic Church was kind of like, Let's do what you gotta do, do what you mm-hmm. gotta do, dog. You know, at the time. I'm sure the Catholic Church's agenda has shifted oh, quite a bit. Oh, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, um, facts, dog. I'm, uh, <laughs> so he's like, oh, I, didn't, I never knew that. I never thought about that. He started getting curious. I opened up. Hmm. So then I asked him, I said, well, okay, so what about God? Like, what about, uh, 
you know, uh, so what's important? Is it the, the belief in God that, you know, drives this in you? Like, what's important? The, the people believing in God or God itself? Because, oh, well, he said, well, this is the distinction he made. He said, well, if the people aren't around to believe in God, does God really matter? I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a- holy. That was a huge <laughs> shift from yeah. like, these are the laws of the Quran. Right, right. Here's my my reality. Mm, here's how here's what I believe and then he just shifted the whole whether or not God was relevant curiosity curiosity now Mm. who knows whether you know but what what I do know is that his perspective shifted completely in 15 minutes wild and and getting out of that cab what was the the interview he was like oh thank you so much like I've got a lot to think about I'm a young guy he was questioning about he was questioning himself because he had these old ideals. Yes. You know, he was following the Quran written by from someone's thousands of year old perspective who couldn't fathom the internet and like getting a date on your phone, <laughs> right? Right. right. Ordering that, any food. Right. Or, right. or whatever you want. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You couldn't fathom like instantaneous, you know, everything. So he said, you know what? To make sure everybody has what they need. I'm going to make sure everybody has a wife and that and there's no dating. There's just straight to marriage. Mm. You know, as soon as you figure out that this is the person you want to be with, it's cool because we only live until 35 anyway. Right, right, right. right? You're 12. You're, you're ready 12. to get married. Right. <laughs> so instead of changing the rules, we base our reality around this rule set that doesn't fit, you know, life, our mm. lives. And we mm. do that. And you can't look at these like you know uh, religious fundamentalist people like that as well. You gotta look at your own life like that too, because you probably set the rules for a lot of your shit a long time ago, and you haven't looked at them again to see if they really fit your reality. That's that's. I gotta reason. I gotta look like this because you know blah 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 blah. Like you had three kids since mm-hmm. then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set the standard of what you look like based on your performance. And your reality, mm-hmm. but I should look like this. I should. Should based on sense. what? Right. Yeah. Based on what information from twenty years ago? It's time to rethink. It's time to recal remeasure. Mm-hmm. Right? right. We got to recalibrate things, and that's you know, religion to to bring it back into like your daily life. What about your life? You need to remeasure in order for you to be happy. Hmm. And that's you know. That's and, and fitness and everything. I do weekly measurements with most of my clients. I've taken a little break right now to see how they respond to it. And they responded just like I thought they would. Surprise, surprise, guys. This is, you've been part of an experiment. <laughs> uh, I haven't checked Everybody's asking, are you going to check? Are you going to uh, check me out? Uh, do they ask you that? Like Some, some of them do. Right. Like, yeah, I, you know, let's take some measurements. You know, I'm curious. Right. Right? right. I'm curious. Some people are just like, I don't want to check. <laughs> I don't want to know, <laughs> but they don't know how detrimental that <laughs> that psychology is. Oh, we got three. You got three? Yeah. Uh, they don't know how detrimental that psychology is to their development and empowerment. Because right. you, if I, you know, if I only check how well I'm doing once a year for my New Year's resolution, hmm. then I'm not going to do that well. I'm probably not going to do that well. I'm going to be like, all right, it's January 1st. How well did I do from last year? Oh, I'm exactly the same because I kept the same fucking habits going. (laughs) Great. That worked. That worked. That did not work. (laughs) But if you check like once a month, you probably get better results. If you check once a week, you probably get faster results because you'd be able to 
course correct. Yeah. Right. If you're in a, if you're in an airplane, you're never on course. Right. Air, airplane pilots are never on course. They're constantly shifting their perspective. They're, sh- they're shifting where they are mm-hmm. to get to their desired destination. Very good analogy. That's mm-hmm. um pretty cool stuff, brother. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we got a couple questions. Sure. I think. Um, Do we have time? Do we have time? We have ten so. minutes. I don't think. I want. He answered a you, lot of the questions. Yeah, he <laughs> did. No, no, he did. Go. Any any uh, closing yeah, remarks please, on your closing. end? I mean, I just want to first first and foremost thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah, to, it was great, uh, man. It's a thank pleasure. You. I wish I could do this for a living. I would, one day I will. Well, yeah, truth, you should. The truth is, uh, we could share with you how how um how pretty easy it is. I mean, to be honest with you, but yeah. the growth that we could have a chat about that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this isn't a this is a, a life. Just like a passion of ours to really get the word out yeah and this is the way we're going to do it but thank you on short notice number one <clears throat> of course coming through and i'd love to have you back on to work a little more specifically on whatever tools you want to give trainers slash what you're working on that at that time <laughs> cool. let me know when and I'll, I'll be there i love doing stuff like this i love uh talking about the nuts and bolts of what really makes shit work you know so nice. this is what i'm passionate about I'm, I'm really passionate about training people, getting people, specific people that are focused on their goals to where they want to be and this. So that's awesome. Thank, Thank you, man. We're definitely going to put everything in the show notes, how to reach out to you if you have any questions. Yeah. Uh, uh, social media contacts. Yeah. Follow me on uh, uh, stroller underscore PT on all media uh, platforms, Twitter, Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter. I should get on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> I should do Twitter. Just pull it all together. I mean, I think together. Instagram is probably the main. Yeah, for me, it's pretty weird. Facebook, uh, Stroller PT. Um, yeah, yeah. StrollerPT.com cool. if you are interested in training. If you're a trainer who's interested in learning how to do NLP, uh, contact me, and we'll get the party started. It will change your life, like it changed mine. Nice. Very cool, man. Thank you very much. Of course, we are signing off. Thank Peace. you very much. Peace. All right. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 